Welcome to the Employee Lounge. I'm your host, Joe Kang, and today we'll be talking with our special guest, Samia Bird, the Chief Race and Equity Officer. Samia, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Can you please tell our audience uh, how long you've been here? So I've been with Arlington County actually almost 14 years. Oh, so wow. uh, I started in March 2007, and I was a planner in Community Planning Housing Development Division. Uh, focusing on our site plan and development review process before moving to the man- manager's office and then into this new position. Awesome. That's quite a long time. Congratulations. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your new role, uh, the Chief Race and Equity Officer. Um, so I understand it's a new position for the county and government. Um, why the position and why now? So it's really interesting. I know a lot of people tend to think, you know, because of everything that's happening in the country and a lot of people are now entering this space of race and social justice and equity that, you know, we kind of are following suit and we added a position as sort of a check the box or check mark. But we actually have been talking about equity as a leadership team and within the county for more than two years now. And we actually thought about having a position back in 2018, 2019, but we weren't quite sure what that position would be or do. And we were in the process of starting a new learning cohort about advancing advancing race and equity in government with the Government Alliance on Race and Equity. So we thought about just taking our time to learn a little bit more first before we actually launched into a position. And then when a lot of things started happening this summer and around the pandemic, and then also just understanding the need for some coordination because a lot of departments and everybody wanted to start to actually move in a different direction and do things. And as opposed to just talking, we thought that the time was right to go ahead and have this position. And what I like about the position and what I think is really interesting is that even though we have been talking about a position and we got a little bit of push from a steering committee destination 2027 that was working on health equity to have a position created around equity, uh, we really focused specifically on this position being about racial equity. And we were very intentional to put race in the title. And that was really important to me because that centers everything around what we think is the root cause or the primary issue of a lot of inequities, which is race. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that, again, was really, really important to me. And I think it is very important because it distinguishes this position in a lot of ways from positions we see everywhere else or in other localities, governments, or also even in the private sector where a chief equity officer is more focusing, I think, in a lot of ways on diversity inclusion policy, which is more around, you know, human resources and, you know, hiring, retention, recruitment, promotion practices, making sure that we have diversity in the workplace and that we're inclusive and following those those practices and really um, in some ways human rights focusing on EEO or discrimination and EEOC and protected classes. This position's not doing that. It's, mm-hmm. it's so it's setting it apart in a way to look at the organization overall and the community overall and where race shows up in our policies and our procedures and our practices. And then also really focusing on, you know, race based outcomes in our decision making and how we can look at systemic racism 
mm. not just individual acts of like bigotry or prejudice or racism, but as an organization and an institution overall and within our community. So that's what I really think is different about this position and, and the title. Wow, so it's like, it's been something that's been in the works for quite some time. Uh, can you tell us how long uh, you've been in this role and what's what it's been like for you since starting? So even though we've been talking about this for a while, I've actually only been in the role since July. So that's what, roughly four months now. Mm -hmm. So uh, it has been quite a whirlwind. <laughs> it's been quite interesting. It's an opportunity and also it's been challenging at times because there is a lot going on. Um, and so it's been, um, it's been interesting. Um, I'm enjoying it and I'm learning a lot, but there are a lot of challenges. Um, and there's been a lot of need to kind of balance. I wasn't expecting the position immediately to just kind of be launched out there into a public space. Mm. And it's been very public facing. And, and that's been different for me because in my previous role and work with the county, I was very internal facing. You know, I was I was working on the policies and the processes and implementing them, doing development review. And then it, as a deputy county manager, I was working um, similarly, but more on a thought level um, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, strategy and um, working with community planning, housing development on like land use development policy and the board. Um, so that was all internal facing. Right. But immediately when this position came up, it was public facing. And so I have been meeting with the community a lot and meeting new people out in the community, community groups, but then also trying to do the same internally. Uh, mm -hmm. So meeting with departments and just trying to, to learn and listen and share about what I'm doing, what I'm trying to do, how I'm approaching the work. And it's been very different for the same reasons I said about, you know, putting race in the title, the same thing, you know, having to explain to people um, has been really interesting. So it's it's been uh, a whirlwind, <laughs> for sure. It sounds like it, for sure. <laughs> so uh, when we talk about equity, um, what are you seeing in the county? And then, you know, from the staff perspective, internal perspective, and then as you just said, you know, you're doing a lot more external facing type work. What do you, when we talk about equity, uh, what do you see in the community at large? So. So in the organization um, and in the county, the community, there is excitement. Um, again, just because of the time we're in, I think there's a lot of willingness to learn and to understand. There is a lot of interest with people sharing information about, you know, things that they're learning, things that they're reading, things that they see as issues. Um, places where we might want to consider examining policies and procedures and practices. A lot of people who want to be involved in the space and want to um, participate, that think this is really important, um, that understand the challenge in the mm -hmm. community. It's interesting because there are a lot of organizations that are doing work around equity. But one of the things I'm finding is that everyone is focusing on a specific area around equity such as housing or education or the wealth gap 
or health mm -hmm. but no one is really saying or people are just starting to acknowledge let me say that that race is sort of the central point of all of the inequities so everybody is looking to address a specific area around inequity and the only way we'll really be able to do that is if we look deeper at why those inequities exist in the first place and that's because of race-based policies decisions etc so that's the interesting thing i'm finding in the community and so really having to um again go back to the why and the root of the issues and try to bring all of that together but again in the community similar to the organization a lot of excitement a lot of energy a lot of acknowledgement starting to occur awareness people wanting to be educated and wanting to be part of the process and the solution um, but also quite honestly seeing some of the resistance too you know, we have to acknowledge that everybody's not all in the same place. Everybody may not agree that this is something that we as a county should be doing or focusing on or in the community that this is something that we as government should be doing. Um, so some some resistance or some just lack of understanding and or some people that just aren't there. You know, again, I'm learning a lot that this is a journey for everyone and everyone is in a different place. Because when we start talking about equity and especially race, you know, it's, it can be very personal for people. Um, and it's, it's, it's tied to ideals, beliefs, you know, experiences, lived, perceived, real um, for a lot of people. And so I'm, I'm seeing that all play out in the organization and in the community. Gotcha. So it's a very wide spectrum of awareness, reactions, understandings, uh, enthusiasm, desire to participate, etc. Okay. Absolutely. So can you tell us more about what it would mean to advance uh, racial equity? Um, you know, what are some concrete steps that will be taken and how are we going to know that we're being uh, successful or not? So when when we talk about advancing racial equity, what we have to understand first and foremost is that, you know, we have to be specific to call out race and name it because it matters. It is pervasive. It's really deep. There are so many layers to it. And it's part of this overall system of, of it's disparities that none of us created the system, but we're all a part of. And it's part of our institutions. And we as individuals, you know, carry it with us, whether we know it or not. So when we talk about racial equity and advancing it, we're talking about closing the gaps. Mm -hmm. So that race does not predict one's success in life, in any area, whether it's health, wealth, housing, education, criminal justice system, any of those things, we're trying to close those gaps in the disparities. And so that's what we mean by advancing racial equity. And specifically as a government, when we talk about it in our institution, we're talking about looking at our policies, our procedures, our processes, our engagement, how we interact when we serve to make sure that what we're doing is not um, exacerbating or continuing to create disparities in outcomes based on race. And so to me, success would look like, one, it becomes a value. So it's a core value for all of us in the organization. And I apologize about these earphones. <laughs> um, it becomes a value 
that it's just something that we do. It's something that we believe. And it's something that we know that in any decision we're making, in any process, in all of our work, we can apply a lens, an equity lens. So we have this mindset. So the other challenge for me is that the work is not just process or task driven. And actually that's probably the lesser of it, you know, in terms when we talk about steps. The steps really are how do we get people to change their mindset and the culture? So as behavior changes, culture change, and people start to develop an equity mindset. So we'll know we're successful when everybody has that mindset and they just can, it's just a matter of practice, standard operating procedure. This is how we look at all of our work with this equity lens. Some concrete steps, you know, we talk a lot about just us having this conversation, mm -hmm. you know, raising awareness, you know, people being educated about the terms that I use, the definitions, you know, and they can use them, that they can enter a conversation about race and equity and have the understanding of what it means in their work. And so some of the steps, again, you know, learning. So training, education, awareness, being organized, like thinking about how we're organized as a government to make sure that we have positions and people in place that are advancing this long-term so that it doesn't become just a checkbox or an activity. Mm -hmm. And then also trying to think about, you know, that operationalized piece, like can we start collecting data so that we can add that. We know qualitative, you know, stories and information about, you know, inequities based on race, but can we start to quantify them using data and disaggregate it based on race? Can we apply an equity lens, which people might have heard me talk about, where we ask these questions at every decision point, whether it's who benefits, who's burdened, who's missing, how do we know, and then what do we do about it? Because that keeps us action-minded and focused right. on doing something once we know. Um, so those are some of the steps that I think we can take, but really, the, the main thing in the first point is being aware and being educated about the issues and where they persist and also individually who you are and how you show up in the work. Mm, okay. Awesome. Can you tell us uh, what kinds of, you know, for those that have been interested in getting involved and whatnot, uh, what kind of activities, uh, events or resources have been offered for uh, employees uh, on the internal side and then also for on the external facing side, the community? So I'll start with the external side first. Um, we're in the middle of these community conversations that we're calling Dialogues on Race and Equity. And we did a series of virtual conversations with a partner called Challenging Racism in the community. They're an organization that tries to disrupt and dismantle make, uh, racism one conversation at a time, as they say, by just allowing people the space and the um, fortitude to be able to have conversations about race very bravely. And so we partnered with them and they are doing these virtual conversations at large with the community. So we're having organizations, private, nonprofit, um, faith network, sign up to be partners to get trained to have conversations on race with their networks. And then also a really big part of that is an assessment. So assessing with the community uh, where people are individually, um, as well as in the community and their interactions with the government. 
in terms of race and racism. What are their experiences and having them share those with us. And so that has been a really good start. It's kind of the foundation to what I talked about, you know, in terms of those action steps with the community. And at the end of that, there'll be a report that goes to the board that says, here's what we heard. And here are some recommendations on how we might be able to move forward with the community. I'm looking to do the same thing or something very similar with the organization. A lot of the departments internally have set up different um, structures within their um, departments to start to talk about race and to start to look at how do we address racial equity within our department. What I'm trying to do is get us all on the same page and moving in the same direction. So create sort of an action plan with the racial equity core team that is made up of staff across all departments that we can start to align the work that the departments are doing to an overall goal and a mission and vision. So like what you see behind the race, realizing Arlington's commitment to equity, that's the vision statement that the learning cohort that participated with the Government Alliance on Race and Equity came up with. And to me, that sets the vision for our work as an institution or as the county. And what they defined as equity is Arlington would be a place where all are valued, educated, healthy, and safe regardless of race, which I think is a great vision mm -hmm. um, because it covers a lot. And so if we're working toward that, then our mission would be as a resident, as an employee, as a business or anyone that interacts with the county that we would all be advancing racial equity so that we do not um, exacerbate, create, or that we can prevent, eliminate, or reduce disparities based on race. And then those goals would be the ones that I mentioned before. So under that key for internal, what I'm trying to do is let's just have conversations. You know, a lot of conversations are happening at the department level, but I think across the entire organization, we need to be able to start talking about race because we're not going to be able to get to implementing anything or using any tools or applying anything if we don't have these really difficult conversations about race and how it shows up in government and in our work um, and especially in our different lines of business and work. Um, so being aware, being educated, so wanting to have conversations and then also what I'm working on is um, trying to develop training for all staff across departments, something that goes out to everyone where we all have to take it. It becomes a part of what we do, whether you're a new employee on a regular consistent basis to start getting that to become part of our culture. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the first things, um, the conversations and then education and training. Awesome. So we're trying to take this approach of building that culture where people are feeling psychologically, mentally, emotionally safe enough to these more difficult conversations. Um, and Absolutely. also pairing that with the education aspect of it as well. Absolutely. And the other thing that we say, you know, not just, uh, not necessarily safe space, but a brave spaces, like creating these brave spaces mm -hmm. for people to be, to, to speak their truth, to come into the conversation knowing that it will be a challenge. And this is a challenge for everyone. You know, nobody wants to talk about race. It's hard. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hard. And so being able to create brave spaces, but making sure that the conversations are facilitated because mm -hmm. we do want them to be productive. And right. I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm tired of talking. I don't want to talk, you know, or we don't need to talk or what have you. But action comes from talking 
to me because there are times when just a conversation can change your mind, can give you an idea, can spark some a thought or an action and move you to action. So having these deep conversations in brave spaces, I think is really um, important and is foundational to us as an organization to be able to do anything uh, moving forward. I like that brave spaces. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, candor culture, essentially, right? So, Absolutely. Where you can really be honest like that. Absolutely. Uh, and be vulnerable as well. Yeah, because we know, too, that a lot of people in the workplace probably don't want to talk about race or their experiences related to race because of fear of, what, retaliation or being, you know, um, blacklisted or blackballed or, you know, identified or targeted in some way. And so it makes it hard for people to want to step out of, you know, their safe space and their comfort zone to be able to share some things with, without, you know, feeling like they will be adversely impacted if they do. Mm. Gotcha. Makes sense. So we've talked a lot about goals, policies, processes, education. Uh, are there any uh anecdotes or stories that you can share uh, about how members whether it's external or internal uh, have come together um during this time of racial unrest and social justice activism you know the main thing i'm seeing um is you know in the community i see a couple of organizations like activist organizations that have started like organizations like arlington for justice who, you know, are promoting justice and criminal justice system. And, you know, a lot of people that maybe were did not have as much voice now starting to speak up because mm -hmm. of this space that we're in. So like, you know, I talked to the Black Parents of Arlington and they're very focused on, you know, education, but wanting to go beyond that and focusing on, you know, government more broadly. Um, we've seen organizations like the NAACP start to and active in a lot of spaces in the community, which, you know, I don't know that I'd seen to this degree before. So I think what we're seeing in terms of people coming together is just more voice, more voices, different voices, um, new voices, I think, in the community. And then within the organization, I would say, you know, what I'm seeing in terms of people coming together is just that awareness and again, that interest and the engagement has increased and especially at the leadership level i'm seeing you know people willing to have the conversations people acknowledging the importance of the conversations and one of the things that really um resonates with me or makes me feel good is that people are actually saying race about mm -hmm. a year or two ago you know whenever we talked about the topic it was just equity broadly you know mm -hmm. it, and and so just over the past year or so, I've seen people come together to acknowledge that, you know what, race and racism are still present, even though we've all known it, the acknowledgement at the leadership level has been really important. And that's something that I've seen. So while people may not necessarily be coming together to do very specific things just yet, um, I think just the conversation and the tone of the conversation changing um, and people being very specific about what they're talking about when we talk about equity is what I'm seeing. Mm. Okay. So you mentioned leaders just now. Um, can you go into, you know, how can leaders at the county uh, use their influence um, 
to contribute to advancing equity. Um, and then also for the individual contributors, you know, the, uh, the employee side, um, what can they do uh, to help contribute to equity? So I say for everyone, whether you're a leader by title mm-hmm. or you're an individual contributor, because I feel like everybody can lead because we all have spheres of influence mm-hmm. and we can all use our influence in different ways, no matter where we are in the organization or the community. And so I think it's listening, it's learning, and it's being aware and sharing, you know, sharing information, sharing lived experiences, listening to people, learning from each other. I think that that's the way that we can all be influential and being willing to acknowledge, sit down with everyone, have a conversation and meet people where they are, which is really important to me as well. You know, equity at a very basic level is about making sure people have access and that we're meeting people where they are. So giving people voice as a leader is important, hearing the voices and making sure that we're including all those in voices when we are making decisions is, you know, how we can all influence, I think, and specifically around issues related to race and racism. You know, we have to be willing to listen and learn from each other and sit down together to talk about solutions together. And I think that's where everybody can play a role in this equity space, in this conversation, acknowledging, you know, that we do have issues and we want to do something different and we want to do something to make us all better. And so sitting down to do that together, I think is really important. So speaking of solutions, um, can you tell us what might be the immediate next steps and goals? So we're in this, what I call normalizing um, space right now. Also doing a little bit of organizing. So there are four main goals that I have for the work, which I, I talked about, but I didn't necessarily title them. It's normalize, organize, operationalize, and assess. We are normalizing, meaning making it okay to talk about race and to have conversations about it, to give empower people to discuss it, to talk about it in the workplace, in the community, um, and share some understanding about what it is. Those are the immediate next steps when we talk about having facilitated conversations on race in the organization and in the community. And when we talk about educating people, it's making sure we all have that those same terms that we're using and that we know what they mean when we use them and that we all have a shared commitment to doing this. Um, That's an immediate next step. So trying to get us to have these conversations countywide, organization-wide, and then making sure we have resources and tools to educate people and that everyone is committed to or takes these uh, educational, whatever we develop, we're in the process of looking at, you know, something that can be virtual, obviously, or online, that people can start to understand at the very basic foundation what it is mm-hmm. um, before we start launching into the tools. But then also organizing. So again, establishing that racial equity core team so that we can work on an action plan. And the goal of the action plan is that it would be something that each department can then use to develop what they're doing at the department level around racial equity so that again we're all aligned to this countywide priority and goal and vision about advancing race and equity so those are some immediate next steps 
people to for people to look out for um, conversations and educational series mm -hmm. um, before we launch into any kind of training. But again, just laying that foundation through normalizing and getting organized. Awesome. Is there anything else you would like to tell the audience about your role and work around racial equity? So I always end a lot of um, the talks and discussion that I do around racial equity with this quote, which is, um, and this is how I think of it and how I came up with it, but it's that racism has been a matter of urgency for more than 400 years and it won't be solved because in this moment we are acutely aware, but because we're chronically persistent in our effort to dismantle it at its root, no matter how tiring or uncomfortable. And I always like to leave with that because I know that we are in a moment. You know, every generation, there's there's a moment where we deal with racial and social injustice. Um, and, you know, moments come and go. Mm. And they can be pivotal. And we also have to balance this, though. We've been dealing with this issue for 400 plus years. And so there's a lot to unpack, to uncover, to do. And so we're not going to do it all just because all of a sudden, you know, we saw some horrific things happen over the summer to black people. And now all of a sudden everybody is awake and aware. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not new. What happened this summer? The, those events are not new. However, I love the fact that we have opportunity yet again, you know, to things have come around again. We have opportunity because there is so much awareness right now in this moment to make change, to at least do something different, to continue to have the conversation, but at a much deeper level than we've been willing to have it before, to start to be able to make those long-term systemic changes. And so I'm encouraged for us to seize the opportunity, but also balance that with patience and grace for ourselves and everyone else, because it's not gonna be an easy thing to do. It's not a one and done. And I don't want this to be something that we talk about today and the next year we're on to the next thing. So I don't want employees, I don't want staff to feel like this is just another one of those things, another phase. I want us to really take our time to be thoughtful about how we approach it now so that it's sustainable. And that this is something that we can create a culture for that lasts beyond all of us. Um, I was listening to uh, former Mayor Mitch Landreau um, from the city of New Orleans about a week or so ago. And he was talking about the equity work that they did in New Orleans and that it took them a year of planning just to, you know, understand what it was they were trying to do. And wow. then, you know, they started move forward with the organizing and ultimately, you know, focusing on equity and budget and resource allocation. And what he said that I thought was really important was that, you know, again, it takes time. And he said that he's been out of office for now almost four years, I believe. And he said he's just now seeing the fruits of all of the labor and the work that they put in and that, you know, people now have an equity mindset and it's just what they do. So I want to encourage people that we do have this moment and we should seize the moment but it's going to take time and we have to be patient and we have to be persistent and not give up and move on to the next thing when this is not the thing to talk about or do anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I'm in it for the long haul, and I hope that everyone else is too. Awesome. Samia, this was fun and very informative. Thanks for taking the time to explain to all of our listeners out there, uh, internal and external, uh, what the Chief Race and Equity Officer role is all about. Thank you for having me. This was great. Well, we hope to have you on again soon. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that you'll join us again for our next episode. Please remember to subscribe and listen to new and archived episodes at any time on your mobile devices. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud by searching for Arlington County Government Employee Lounge. Please help us get the word out by sharing this podcast with your boss, your team, and fellow county employees. Until next time, stay sharp.